Welcome to Covenant Connection with Pastor Gerald Ravis. We trust that this message will restore, refresh and revive your spirit man. Here is Pastor Gerald speaking. Thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, I trust that even as we get into the word of God this morning, that you will find encouragement and inspiration uh, from the word of God. A couple of weeks back, I started on a journey on how we can overcome strongholds in our personal, family, church, and community lives. A spiritual stronghold is a fortified area of our lives where Satan has taken residence, set up camp, and erected walls like a fortress. Now, strongholds involve a number of things. They can be emotional strongholds. Uh, those include uh, things like anxiety, bitterness, apathy, or uh, entitlement, or even greed. But we also have uh, strongholds that can be a tangible in nature, like uh, drug addictions, pornography, materialism, whatever the specific stronghold might be, it is established when Saturn has staked his claim to your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions. Now, knowing how to break free is very critical for living a life of victory in warfare. And like I said, when I was studying this series on uh, warfare and winning the spiritual battle, there are four areas that we're going to be looking at and how we can win in those areas. Today, I want to start on winning in your personal life. The first thing that you must do if you want to experience victory in your personal life is to remember your position in Christ. Now, as believers, we have an exalted position. Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, we have been raised from the dead with Christ and seated with him in heavenly places. Paul actually spells out an action that should follow this knowledge in another letter. Let us go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. It says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He continues to say, Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. So this means that if your mind is set on earthly solutions to your spiritual struggles, then you won't see a heavenly response. As we're talking about strongholds, the solution to the stronghold Satan builds in our lives is found only in Christ. Scripture says in Colossians 2 verse 9 to 10, it says, For in him... All the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority. 
So Christ has all the spiritual authority you'll ever need because he is in charge of the universe. In other words, what this means is that he has already beaten Satan and made a public spectacle of him. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. Therefore, if you are going to defeat the evil one in your day-to-day -day life, you need to connect to Jesus. Very important. The one who has already won the victory over Satan. So we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. Child of God, your exalted position in Christ is what gives you a vital connection to him. But that's not all. It also gives you the legal authority over Satan so that when he attacks you, you can announce to him that he no longer has any rights or jurisdiction in your life. And that means that you are entirely relying on God's provision. I am reminded of the words of the Apostle James. He writes in James chapter 4 and verse 6, Therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Question is, what is greater grace that God gives us? What is this greater grace that God gives us. Listen to me, child of God. James is not talking about salvation here. So the issue that he's raising in this portion of scripture is not saving grace. No, no, no. It is the grace we need to live victorious lives as believers. It is the grace that is greater than the mess you may be in right now. It is the enabling grace of God. So it doesn't matter how big the mess is or what you've been through. The grace that is available to you in Christ is bigger than your mess. So the thing that you need to remember, the first thing if you're going to win in your personal life is to remember your position in Christ. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Now, if all this grace is available, the natural question is, how do we get it? And James actually gives the answer in the following verses. He begins by saying, chapter 4 and verse 7 of James says, Submit therefore to God. So before we get into what it means to submit to God, notice that James gives us a great picture of what submission does not mean. When you study James chapter 4 and verse 1 to 5, he's basically uh, explaining to us what submission is not. You are not submitted to God if your life is marked by things like illicit pleasure, strife, lust, envy, and friendships with the world. That is what James is trying to tell us in uh, verses 1 up to 5. If you want to submit to God so you can receive his greater grace, you need to understand all that is involved in submission. Now, submission is usually presented as the process of making a commitment 
to Christ. So the second thing that is going to help you to win the strongholds and the battle in your personal life is to surrender to God. Now there's a difference between commitment and surrender. Now someone who's struggling with a stronghold might say, I have made a commitment to the Lord and I'm going to stop doing what I've been doing. And that sounds okay. But many people who make that kind of commitment promptly go out and fall flat on their faces. Why? Because commitment doesn't work unless it is preceded by surrender. Now, a commitment may simply be another way of saying, I am going to do this on my own. I'm going to beat this problem. And we've all been there. I promise God I'm going to do it. But we all know that we cannot beat Satan on our own. So while commitment says, I can, surrender says, Lord, I can't do this in my power. I am too weak. I cannot live up to your standards in my own strength. Listen to me, child of God. When a soldier surrenders in a war, what is he trying to say? He's saying, I quit. I can't fight any longer. So if you want greater grace from God, you must surrender yourself and your own efforts to win the battle and tear down your strongholds. And that's a different kind of surrender because you are surrendering to the commander rather than to the enemy. So if you are going to win the battle in your personal life, if you're going to defeat, if you're going to overcome the strongholds in your personal life, the second thing that you must pay attention to is, are you surrendered to God? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 says, I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me. To fulfill his purpose, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. In other words, you cannot do it on your own. Whatever you're able to do, is because you're hinged to Christ. Your strength comes from Him. So along with remembering our position and relying on God's provision, tearing down our personal strongholds involves repentance of sin. The Apostle James continues in James chapter 4, in verse 8 to 9. Listen to what it says. is cleanse your hands. You sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. James here could not have been clear about our need to call sin what it is and deal with it ruthlessly and completely. Now, the reason why God can't help some people is that they think they never sin. 
They believe that they just make mistakes. But I want to tell you, child of God, Jesus did not die for our mistakes. He died for our sin. So admitting our sin simply means taking personal responsibility for it. So if you don't see a stronghold as any big deal, you are not going to be motivated to cleanse your hands and purify your heart of it. And I want to say here that it takes humility to admit your sin. But James is telling us that if we humble ourselves in this way, then we get God's greater grace. Now, this is the difference between trying to take down those strongholds in your own strength and surrendering to God so he can empower you to do it. When God exalts you, you can rise above any problem, any addiction, attachment, or anything else holding you captive. Now, the story of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1 to 11 shows us what successful resistance looks like. We see the perfect example here in the temptation of Jesus. Satan told Jesus, you're hungry. A body has to eat. Go ahead and make yourself some bread. You deserve to win the attention of the people. Go ahead and jump. You can have these kingdoms right now. Just bow down to me. I can guarantee you, child of God, that nothing you and I will ever face will compare with the temptations Jesus faced. And he answered every one of them with the word of God. He says, it is written. And after Jesus used the word on Satan, what happened? Satan left him. Matthew 4 and verse 11. Now, when you resist the devil with the word of God, you pull out the lion's teeth. So when Satan tells you, oh, you will never really change, tell him, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I have been raised with Christ. I am setting my mind on things above and not things below. So the next time Satan is trying to lie to you and is trying to tell you all sorts of things, you will never be free from this problem. I want you to look straight in his face and tell him you are a liar because God said that anyone whom Jesus has set free is free indeed. Remind the devil the truth of God's word. And that truth is what sets people free. Satan will leave you alone because he can't stand up to the word of God. And as I finish this, I would like to remind you that all these strategies that we see from the word of God become activated. They become stronger and are amplified in a place of prayer. And one of the great things about prayer, especially if you know the word of God, is that in prayer you can hold God to his word. And I'm not talking about coercing him, but you can pray like Daniel and say, Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and take action. For your own sake, oh my God, do not delay because your city and your people are called 
by your name. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 19. In this portion of scripture, Daniel was reminding God of what he had said about Jerusalem and its people. He was holding God to his word. In fact, Moses also did the same thing when God announced he wanted to destroy Israel and start over with Moses in Exodus chapter 32 and verse 10. What did Moses do? Moses went before the Lord and reminded him of three things, that these were the people of God he had rescued from Egypt, and that if he destroyed the nation, the Egyptians would accuse God of doing evil. He also reminded him of his great promises to Abraham and his descendants. And in verse 14, he says, The Lord changed his mind. God was still sovereign in this situation, but from a human standpoint, the intercession of Moses caused God to change his plans. In other words, Moses knew how to pray. He basically said, God, if you do this, your name is going to look bad and you will be embarrassed among the gods. God, it is in your best interest to preserve your people. You need to forgive your people. And I'm calling this putting God on the spot. Moses was able to do this in his prayer because he understood God's nature. Moses appealed to God's grace, knowing that his grace could overrule his wrath. But Moses had to pray before God would relent. And in his sovereignty, God decided that he would allow Moses' prayer to change his mind. We have the same privilege as Moses to hold God to his word in prayer. And it's not a matter of his reluctance to fulfill his word, but a test of our faith to believe and act on his word. Thank you for listening to Covenant Connection with Pastor Gerald Ravis. Write to us and let us know how this message has impacted your life. You can email us BethelCovenantFellowship at gmail.com or visit our Facebook Bethel Covenant Connection and leave us your testimony. We wish you God's best on this journey of faith. God bless you.